You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Uh, Ezra chapter 3, and um, just going to minister just for a few moments here. Ezra chapter 3, and we'll begin with verse 1. Uh, it says, And when the seventh month was come, and the children of Israel were in the cities, the people gathered themselves together as one man to Jerusalem. Verse 2, there, Then stood up uh, Yeshua, the son of Josedek, and his brethren, the priest, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shetiel and his brethren and built at the altar of God of Israel to offer burnt offerings thereon, as is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Verse 3. And they set the altar upon his basis, for fear was upon them because of the people of those countries. And they offered burnt offerings thereon unto the Lord, even burnt offerings morning and evening. And um, Cyrus the emperor which is interesting. He was the emperor of Persia. And uh, he sat in the royal palace in Babylon, and, and uh, he was pondering uh, what he should do and how, uh, what, what the day should bring. And day after day, he, he, he couldn't shake the thought that, that uh, they must build the temple of Jerusalem to Yahweh, the God of the Jews. Um, the Jews were in Babylon, and they had been brought there in about 597 B.C. Uh, until, uh, and then all, uh, about eight, uh, or 586 B.C., the King Nebuchadnezzar had captured and destroyed Jerusalem and the temple in that time. However, the Persian emperor arose, ruled by Cyrus, and conquered the Babylonians, capturing the capital in about 539 B.C., and Cyrus was aware that among the subjects that he was capturing was the Jewish people. They were an unusual people. They were a unique people. They had a special devotion to an almighty God. And somehow, God led Cyrus to the conviction that Yahweh had given uh, uh, him dominion over the nations, and there he ought to allow them to build again the temple or build again Jerusalem. You can read that in Ezra chapter 1 and verse 2. And Cyrus had no idea that the Jews had been exiled to Babylon. The prophet Jeremiah had prophesied that they would be exiled for 70 years and that God would use another kingdom to destroy Babylon. And, and, and here it is, all of a sudden, uh, uh, Cyrus, the emperor of Persia, convinced that they ought to build the temple. Cyrus proclaimed that any of the Jews were free to go back to Judah and help rebuild and, and to make sure that they had a place to worship. Now, isn't that interesting? They, they have been captured by someone who was not of God, but God allowed there to be a conviction that happened in Cyrus's life that he said, anybody who wants to go back and build again 
a place of worship is allowed to do so. And so under the leadership of Zerubbabel, 42,000 plus Jews along with 7,300 other servants went back unto Jerusalem and Judah and everyone went unto this city. And, the Bible, and, and, and you can read that in Ezra chapter 2 and verse 1. And about three months after they had come, uh, the month of Tishri, which is, that's, that was the Jewish month, which is approximately our September, October. They had come and, and the, the, the scripture that we've read, Jeshua, the high priest, along with some fellow priests of the, of, uh, and Zerubbabel, he was the civil leader, along with some of the, the, the associates, they, they began to build an altar. And they began to build an altar on the very spot the original altar had been in order to be able to offer again uh, burnt offerings to the Lord. The Bible says according to what Moses had done or the law of Moses. And so they're restoring the sacrificing of offerings, burnt offerings. The, the Jewish people were wanting to get back to a place of maintaining their relationship with God, restoring what they should have with God, getting back to where they needed to be with God. In the law of Moses, these uh, daily burnt offerings were the means for, for uh, covering people's sin and turning away uh, from the wrath of God. And every morning and evening, they would, they would uh, have these burnt offerings. And this was, this was their relationship with God in the Old Testament. They also began to celebrate their feast and the Feast of Trumpets and the Day of Atonement and the Feast of the Tabernacles or what was also known as Booths. And, and they, they, uh, they started to uh, be restored in these feasts. Again, these were ways of them worshiping and praising God. You can study each one of them. They're, they're quite unique in their own way, but... It's, it's neat to see the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, uh, it was a joyful celebration beginning on the 15th day of the month. And, and God commanded them that they rejoice before Him for seven days. Seven days of just rejoicing before God. That's a, quite a feast. They're not worried about getting home to watch a certain program or get to a restaurant before it closes. or not worried about any of that stuff. No, rather they're, they're enjoying the Feast of, of Tabernacles and for seven days all they do is just rejoice about how awesome and how great Jehovah God is. Because God had delivered them from Egypt. He had brought them out of bondage. He had delivered them from the oppression of the enemy and this Feast of Tabernacles was to thank him for, for what he had done in their lives. I'm wondering sometimes, uh, we as Pentecostals, if it becomes so commonplace to us of what God has done in our lives that we, we, uh, we need to have an extra jolt. We have to have the right song. We have to have the right atmosphere, the right person leading. We have to have all things in order before we are moved Worship. But worship was being restored just because of what God had done. 
But tonight I'm just talking to you a little bit about restoring worship. They were going back to rebuild. And there was going to be a lot of work that was going to be required in this rebuilding. A lot was going to be necessary and we could spend uh, we could spend time talking about that tonight. But before they ever started a foundation, before they ever ever started rebuilding, they got a hold of something called worship. And worship was not determined by what they had or what they didn't have, what the day was like or what it wasn't like. Worship was manifested through the people of God because of what he had done. And for days upon days, they had a worship restored. I, 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 I'm telling you, with what we preached this morning about perfect love, and we get a hold of who we are in God, and you find out who you really are in God, and you reach into a realm of worship that is not determined by people or things or circumstances or, uh, uh, or, or, or what's happening in your life or what's not happening in your life. But when there's something spontaneous that that arises from you. You see nothing in Scripture where they were begged to do it, where they were coerced to do it, where they were bribed to do it, where they were paid to do it. There's nothing in Scripture of any sort. No, 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 they came back. Hallelujah to Jerusalem, to Judah, because they were there to worship God because of who He is. Oh, in 2022, don't let it be that you're determined by a song or not by a song. Don't let it be determined by who's singing or who's not singing. Don't let it be determined by who's playing or, by not, or who's not playing. Don't let it be determined by who else is worshiping or who's not worshiping. Don't let it be determined by who's here or who's not here. Don't let any of those things determine. Hallelujah. Let there be a spontaneous restoration of worship that happens inside of you just because of who he is. If you allow yourself to get caught up in the things around you, You'll be discouraged. You'll be depressed and maybe even oppressed. You'll have your head down. You'll have a poor me attitude. What has God done for me lately? You'll have all these things pass through. But when you make worship a priority, the Israelites' example shows us that we can and we should make worship a priority. Our world, our flesh, and the devil will constantly, always be working to distract you, to, to detour you. That's never going to change. That will never change. So you and I can make a determination. Doesn't matter what the world does. Doesn't matter what our flesh feels like. And it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do. When the priority arises with the church of the living God. That you're going to make worship a priority. It won't matter what else is happening. 
No one, no one is going to make this happen for you, for us. If you, rate, if you wait for the right mood or the right feeling, <laughs> you'll be sadly disappointed. Don't, don't, don't wait for that. Don't wait for any of that. Get your eyes off of people. Get your eyes off of stuff. Get your eyes off all those things and let the priority be, I'm going to have worship restored in my life. I see the young people. I see people with their hands up all across this church worshiping throughout the service tonight. Let me tell you, that's a spontaneous. It's no one begging you, no one prompting you, no one making you, no one causing you to. No, no, something happens inside of your spirit that says, I'm in the house of the Lord. I'm, in the, I'm with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he deserves my worship. Hallelujah. And I'm just going to give him what I got. Hallelujah. I'm going to give him everything I've got. I'm going to let worship be restored. I have no idea what tomorrow may bring. I have no I have an idea what the week may be like, but I'm going to worship him tonight. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not determined. You can't stop me and you can't make me. You can't. You can't stop me from worshiping, and you can't make me worship. Something happened inside of my spirit. I thank God that he has brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. I thank God that he purchased me with his own blood. I thank God that he filled me with his spirit. I thank God for his faithfulness and his righteousness that's been in my life. I thank God for the times that he's protected me and guided me and given me direction. And I thank God for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I thank God for everything that he's done and, and, and has had happen in my life. And I'm just going to worship him because of who he is. Hallelujah. Let restored worship happen inside of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before the Jews ever prepared the temple. They worshiped. You can read about it. They start to build the foundation. The foundation was, was the most important part of the structure that would be built. It was what everything was going to rest upon. And of course that foundation... The chief cornerstone is Jesus Christ tonight. We're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ being the headstone. We're built upon the rock tonight. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for all of that. But listen, before you have that all figured out and before you know everything about everything about the Bible and before you know everything about Jesus and before you get... You can worship him just because of who he is. Hallelujah. No matter how deep the, the, the trial or, or temptation is, no matter how hard the struggle is, you can worship him because of who he is. Hallelujah. The foundation was built uh, through praise and worship. They were worshiping and praising as they built the foundation. Notice what they sang as this was happening. Ezra chapter 3 verse 11 says, 
they sang, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever toward Israel. We sing something similar to that. For the Lord is good and his love endures. Oh, the Lord is good forever. And you can imagine as they're working away and they start singing, the Lord is good for his mercy endures forever. And the worship and the praise they weren't worried about anything else. The only thing that mattered was the only thing that mattered was him. That's the only thing that mattered was Jesus Christ, the Almighty God, Yahweh, Jehovah. Hallelujah. They worshiped him for the Lord is good. Hallelujah. And his mercy endures forever. Seventy years captivity. And God allows, he allows an emperor to say, you know what? You guys, you guys need to get back to how it all started for you. You guys need to get back to how he, he didn't even realize what he was saying. Well, it really hasn't changed. The words are a little different, but it hasn't changed. So everything that's happening in the world right now, you could think of it as a disaster. Two years of lockdowns and all that trash. And I mean everything from this virus to monkeypox. I mean, it's, it, it's not going to end. All that is saying is, it's about time for God's people to get back to where it first started. And let there be a worship that arise. The true worshipers to worship in spirit and in truth. Rise above all the oppressive things of this world. And as you're working away for the Lord, the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. And you start to sing the joyful praises of the Lord. The Lord's been good to me. He's really been good to me. Hallelujah. Oh, God's been good. He's really been good. He's been so good to me. I, hallelujah. And all of a sudden something happens inside of your spirit. There's a restoration of worship. And let me tell you, no matter how bad it is, when you get worship in the Lord and you get praise in Him, it supersedes everything else in this world. It really does. You're not worried about all the stuff that's happening outside. It doesn't even matter if you're a good singer. The Bible says all the people just shouted with a great shout. When they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid and, and the noise was heard afar off, it says. It doesn't even say it was a beautiful sound. It just says the noise was heard afar off. No idea if they're on tune. No idea if they're all 
clapping at the same time. We have no, we have no idea if that's all. All we know is it's spontaneous. No one is encouraging them to. No one is saying you got to. No one is saying you have to. No, no, they're just starting to worship God, uh, thanking Him for how good He is. Uh, and they start to shout and praise Him uh, and lift Him up. Uh, a restoration of worship. Uh, I wish that mission point, uh, hallelujah, would enter into a spontaneous uh, atmosphere of worship. Uh, hallelujah, that there didn't even have to be singing. Why do we have to wait for the first song anyway? Why do we have to wait until we think it's just right? I watch those young people. Young people, I'm so proud of you. Just get out of your seats and don't worry about anyone else. I had a little joke in the staff meeting this past week. Watching that video from VBS, I seen all those people Jerichoing, and they were coming this way. Don't you know you're supposed to Jericho this way? I was asking them, how did it get to be that they went this way? Oh, I just love to see it. Just love to see the kids. Just love to see people entering in and worshiping God. Hallelujah. Letting the praise. Hallelujah. Oh, don't. Don't, don't get all caught up in whether the kids are in the spirit or not in the spirit. Let them learn, hallelujah, to worship God. Parents, lead your kids, hallelujah, and worship and praise. Let them be in the altar, hallelujah. Let them be worshiping God in their own way, hallelujah. Let there be a restoration of worship that happens to the people of God. Music come. You know what it is? We're too spoiled. North Americans are too spoiled. We have so much materialistically that our dependence upon God is not what it should be. And you find yourself in maybe less fortunate countries where they don't have all the conveniences that we may have here and they're not worried about what people think they're not worried about how long it is they're not worried about how long they sing the same song they're not worried about any of that stuff they just get caught up in worship and praise and thanksgiving to the Lord because the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever Don't get me wrong, I'm thankful for where I live and I thank the Lord for His blessings and I thank God for all of that, but none of that compares. None of that is necessary. None of that is going to matter when it's all said and done. Hallelujah, I want to be a true worshiper in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. No matter how I feel, I want to stand on my feet. No matter what song is being sung, I'm going to worship Him. I might have to close one eye and open the other one to see the words. But I'm going to worship Him and praise Him. Hallelujah. I'm going to give Him glory. I'm going to give Him praise. Hallelujah. I'm going to let my worship be restored in Him. Because He's been good to me. 
Oh, I got lots of stuff, but I'll just, I'll just end it there. You read through that wonderful book of Ezra. We don't hear a lot of preaching maybe from the book of Ezra. But if you study what happened in that first few chapters and see what the people of God had happened to them. They were brought back to where they were in the first place. There was a restoration. Well, can I just put it to you this way? Do you remember when you first got saved? Do you remember that first few months, first year or two? You couldn't care less about other people. Didn't matter about anyone else. All that mattered was you and God. That's all that mattered. And for some reason, we think we mature and we grow out of those phases. I, no, no, God. Cut off those callous parts of my life and my heart and my spirit and take me back to where it was in the first place. Take me back, God. And as I'm re, rebuilding the foundation of my life, God, would you allow there just to be a spontaneous worship and praise, uh, hallelujah, that arises from me, uh, hallelujah, God, just because of who you are, uh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. All you have to do is start to study the feast and realize how incredible those feasts were. Can you imagine a seven days of just rejoicing? Seven days of just rejoicing about how God delivered you from 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 a, a captivity and brought you out of uh, where you used to be uh, and brought you into a new walk with Him, uh, a new realm with Him. Uh, hallelujah. It hasn't changed, folks. It's still the same. Uh, hallelujah. Every one of us used to be uh, in the world. Uh, hallelujah. But God changed our lives. Uh, hallelujah. We gave our heart to Him. Uh, how about a little bit of rejoicing? Uh, hallelujah. Take a little time uh, and let your worship be restored tonight. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.